G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. When things aren't going well for us, the last thing we feel like doing is praising God. And yet praising God is the single most powerful thing that we can do to lay hold of His joy and peace in our lives, even amidst the worst of circumstances, truly. Hi, I'm Burning Diamond and welcome again to the program as today we head into the final message in this series, The Joy of the Lord is your strength. Yesterday on the program, we were chatting about the importance of thankfulness towards God in laying hold of His joy, which is, after all, our strength. Thankfulness really is a heart attitude that lifts the burdens off your shoulders and fills you with the unspeakable joy that only comes from God. But there's something more that thankfulness does. It takes us to another, deeper level of gratitude. Thankfulness and gratitude are closely related, but they're not quite the same thing. Here's how the 19th century Swiss philosopher and poet Henri Frédéric Amiel puts it. Thankfulness is the beginning of gratitude. Gratitude is the completion of thankfulness. Thankfulness may consist merely of words. Gratitude is shown in actions. I love that because it's true. When we go to God with thanksgiving, it changes our hearts. It changes to the point where we end up living in deep gratitude. And that gratitude, that new perspective, causes us to think differently, to act differently, to speak differently. It's life-changing to the point where we are filled to overflowing with the joy of the Lord. You get to the point where you just can't contain it anymore. Methodist William Arthur Ward back in the 20th century put it like this, feeling gratitude and not expressing it is like wrapping a present and not giving it. It's good, isn't it? When we have that gratitude and joy welling up in our hearts, we need to do something with that. We need to express it. And that's where praising God comes in. There is nothing so uplifting and empowering as laying down our lives before God and praising him and worshipping him. And yet, as I said, praising God is not the easiest thing to do when things aren't going well. That's why beginning with thankfulness, focusing on all the good things that God's done for us and continues to do for us, thanksgiving fills us with a joy and in rejoicing, the natural thing that we want to do next is to praise God. Well, that's a great theory lesson, Bernie, but is it possible? Is it feasible? Is it real? Not unreasonable questions. So to answer them, let's go to the best place of all, the Bible, God's Word. We're going to pick up the story of the Apostle Paul and his helper Silas, who were out there proclaiming the good news of the risen Jesus. Remember, they were doing good. And then something bad, something really bad happens to them. Acts chapter 16, beginning at verse 16. One day, as we were going to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners a great deal of money by fortune-telling. While she followed Paul and us, she would cry out, These men are slaves of the Most High God who, who proclaim to you a way of salvation. 
She kept doing this for many days, but Paul was really annoyed. And so he turned and he said in the spirit, I order you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out of her that very hour. But when her owners saw that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and they dragged them into the marketplace before the authorities. When they brought them before the magistrates, they said, these men are disturbing our city. They're Jews. They're advocating customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to adopt or observe. The crowd joined in attacking them and the magistrates had them stripped of their clothing and ordered them to be beaten with rods. After they'd given them a severe flogging, they threw them into prison and ordered the jailer to keep them securely. Following these instructions, he put them in the innermost cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. Well, things have never quite happened for me that way, but to be sure, I've experienced similar, if not quite so drastic things. There's nothing more disheartening than, than getting out there, serving God, honouring God, and then finding that you're punished or you're hurt or you're disadvantaged as a result. Our most common response is to throw our hands up in the air and look at God and say, well, Lord, that worked well. What, what were you thinking? Where, where were you when I needed you? Yeah, I know, you've been there too, right? But let's take a look at how Paul and Silas responded quite differently to how you or I might respond. We're going to continue on, Acts chapter 16, beginning now at verse 25. They're in prison, right? About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was an earthquake so violent that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors opened and everyone's chains were unfastened. When the jailer woke up and saw the prison doors wide open, he drew his sword and he was about to kill himself, since he supposed that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted in a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. The jailer called for lights, and rushing in, he fell down, trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them outside and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They answered, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. They spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. At the same hour of the night, he took them and washed their wounds, and then he and his entire family were baptized without delay. He brought them up into the house and set food before them, and he and his entire household rejoiced that he had become a believer in God. Paul and Silas, crazy guys that they were, responded to their beating and imprisonment by, by doing what? By grumbling? By complaining? By shaking their fists angrily at God? By swearing at God? No! They responded by praising God. They'd been beaten, they were sore, they had wounds. And they sat there in their chains in the dungeon and they prayed and they sang hymns so loud that everyone could hear them. And then it happened. The power of God was unleashed in that place. The prisoners were set free. The guard and all his family came to know Jesus. And just quietly, the other prisoners were no doubt impacted by this amazing turn of events. If only we understood the power, the incredible power of God that's unleashed in our lives when we choose to praise him in our affliction. Let me say it again. If only we understood the power, the incredible power of God that's unleashed in our lives when we choose to praise him in our affliction. That's why the Bible commands us to rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. That's why the Bible commands us, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20, to give thanks always 
and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's why the Bible commands us, Psalm 150, verses 1 to 6, to praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with triumphant sound. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everyone that breathes praise the Lord. Because you and I, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. God isn't interested in making us happy for a short time. God wants to fill us with his abiding joy forever. Every moment of every day, especially when we're in chains especially when we've been beaten, especially when we feel like caged animals. It's in that place that your God wants you to experience his joy. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. And it's his strength that makes you not just a conqueror of your circumstances, but more than a conqueror. And if that doesn't make you want to shout hallelujah, I I just don't know what does. As that daily grind just kind of grinds away at us, it's easy to forget that Jesus died and rose again to give us victory. That's why every now and then, just as the Spirit leads, perhaps when you least expect it even, I'd love to send you a short text message of encouragement straight to your phone. That's what Victory SMS is all about. Roughly every other week, I ask the Lord, what word of encouragement could I give today? So if you'd like the occasional word of encouragement, head across to victorysms.org and when you do subscribe, you'll immediately receive a free copy of my ebook, Power Unlimited. Thousands already have, and the most common response, hey, that's exactly what I needed to hear today. How did you know that? Thank you so much. It's simply amazing how powerfully the Spirit of God can move through just a short text message. And I'd love to encourage you too to live your life in victory. Again, that web address is victorysms.org. I'm Bernie Diamond. Catch you again, same time Monday, with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.